Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. In this episode, we're diving deep into radiology with Chris Lecastillo. Program Manager for Surgical Support at Stanford School of Medicine, where he leads a team of radiologic technologists. Now that was a mouthful. Looking at brain scans can be scary and confusing, especially when you're already nervous about the results. So I'm thankful to Chris for sharing his insights and tips on what questions to ask and how to better communicate with radiologists and doctors when it comes to understanding brain scans of all kinds. Let's get into it and get ready to rock radiology with Chris. Boom, intro done. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Neuro Nerds. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the Neuro Nerds are here to help. Join our free Rock community platform to connect with other survivors like you. Once you join our community, you'll have access to free virtual events and resources to help with your brain injury recovery. You can make new friends, jump on audio chat conversations, and even join my private coaching program to get one-on-one -on -one support. So what are you waiting for? Go to community.usorock.coach. Yes, that's .coach, not .com. And join the Rock community today. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Now, Every single week for, I think, the past three years, I say the exact same thing. Very special episode. This is a very special episode. Obviously, I have a guest like a, a, a like no other. I've never had a guest like you. I have my new dear friend, Chris. What's up, Chris? Hello. <laughs> this is one heck of an intro. Now, I say I've never <laughs> had a guest like you on the show because, because I haven't. Now, if you can explain to the people out there what you do, that would be great. I would do it, but I would butcher it. So I think the information coming across from you would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's very behind the scenes. I think the only time that you would see someone like me or someone who would be part of my team is if the surgeon decides to involve us. Otherwise, we are behind the scenes 
pulling the patient's CT and MRI scans and creating 3D models out of them. Usually it's the brain or the skull and then some arteries, other vessels, whatever pathology is in there. Everything is included. Um, Everything is given a different color or different semi-realistic coloring Mm -hmm. so that the surgeon can see, so that they can tell the difference between like bone and vessel and we could have also two different scans or more than two different scans all on the same model. If a tumor grew, we could color each scan or each data point a different color so that the surgeon can easily see, okay, well, this is what it looks like now. This is what it looked like before and kind of expect how it might grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the coolest things I think still (laughs) is the integration of that model in the actual OR. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really cool to, to see your, your brain as it was scanned during a clinic visit. But in the OR, that model is linked to a surgical navigation system. Kind of acts like the, I think it was called the Connect. Oh, I think that's still around, right? right? Well, yeah. it, it was briefly. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm starting to deal with <laughs> So it's kind of like the connect. There are two eyes that look at the surgical field, and there's a little, a little arm with four balls mm-hmm. that stay stationary throughout the entire case. And that's like the, it provides the system with a frame of reference and also allows the um, surgical tech to register the patient's actual anatomy as it is in real life with the patient's most recent MRI scan. That's fascinating. Okay. So what I, yeah. I love it, basically what you do is the future. Like you really, you, now what, what is What is your title? So I am the program manager for surgical support at Stanford. I'm not sure if there is an equivalent to us, Stanford likes to do things very differently. <laughs> Stanford <laughs> is the, the standard. Support, yeah. <laughs> My team is made up of a radiologic technologists mm-hmm. who have at some point in their career actually have taken x-rays or performed the MRI or CT scans. Right. Um, and then if they decide that direct patient care is not for them anymore, maybe they had a back injury or... Maybe they're small like me and can't <laughs> lift for the foundation. <laughs> or maybe you just like technology. Like you, you, I am a total nerd geek, whatever you want to call it. I started my career in IT mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff like really called to me. That's, that's so like, if, if, yeah, if that's, a, if that's your interest, then you end up in this kind of career where you're behind a computer screen more often than you are in front of a patient, but you're still doing a lot of meaningful work. Which I, I actually think that would be my preference. Cause let's be honest, people kind of the worst, you know, they would be like one star. Like I would not recommend. Yeah. And if you're having to deal with sick people, it's even worse yeah. because it kind of changes your personality. You know, it, it makes you probably not your normal vibrant self. So I understand why you would uh, probably want to work a little bit more behind the scenes. So I just want to, as a layman, because that's how I describe myself in any aspect of my life. I'm just a layman. You are 
when I say the future, right, I, I think the movie Ready Player One. I think VR. I think Blade Runner or now not Blade Runner, the one with Tom Cruise where he's. Uh, um, oh, my gosh. Is it Tom Cruise? Oh, uh, well, or no, he, I think uh, he sees the future. The other one. Minority Report? Yes, Minority Report. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I see it more along the lines like that. So basically, like, you create this thing where doctors, and it's almost like practice, right? It's kind of like um, yeah. they can see what they're going into before they're actually in there. So they have these scans, and they can visually see it and kind of move it around, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. okay, let me move that out of the way so I can get a better look at this, which I just think is fascinating because if you did that to the actual person, there could be a lot of issues like when you're just searching for something. So if you have a, a, a scan, if right. you can do it virtually, there's less chance that you're going to maybe, I don't know, mess something up internally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's, that's why AR VR and also 3d printing is, is getting so popular, at least at Stanford, because it allows the surgeon allows the entire treatment team to see where the pathology is and know what to expect Mm -hmm. when they're in front of the patient. So they, they come in already doing a dry run. They might, we have a surgeon that actually, well, this, I guess it's still surgical support. (laughs) So we, we do the ARVR stuff, but we also do 3d printing for um, simulation and education. So we have, yeah. So you can physically do it. You have, you basically print out the issue and that is fascinating. We had a surgeon who actually made the news, I think at least locally, I don't know if he made the national news, but he made the news for using 3D printing mm-hmm. to practice an operation on a uh, skull base, a skull base tumor. Mm-hmm. So we printed out uh, the patient's nose and just behind it was where, where the tumor is. And they went in with the actual drill, all the actual equipment and like, practice drilling the the septum and the bone in behind and then we colored the tumor different colors so that when they're up there with the scope they can see okay well bone is white and then once we get past that the tumor is purple or something like literally when i say the future that is the future i mean (laughs) okay so we had um a guest on the show uh, a few years back and she has an avm and it's in her brain stem. Like it's it's in a yeah. place where it's like, well, yeah, we'd rather not mess with it because there are too many things mm-hmm. that could happen. So it always this is oh, my gosh, this is so funny because I'm having these realizations right now. When I was talking to her, she was like, yeah, medical uh, science is improving at a rate to where they're going to be able to take care of it with less issues mm-hmm. right now. She basically she was like, yeah, I walk around with a ticking time bomb in in the back of my head. And she's like, until they kind of get better at doing these things and then they can remove it. And I think this is like right on track with that. You know, like you can actually have a doctor just practice 20, 30, 40 times doing this surgery. So he mm-hmm. doesn't mess up when he's actually doing it. I just think that's 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 a game changing. You're not going at this thing. It's not like, all right, well, let's let's see what happens. It's like, no, I've done this. I, I have the muscle memory. I know mm-hmm. it's going to come up. This is fascinating. How long has this whole system been around? I have been involved with um, this kind of surgical planning stuff, at least in neurosurgery, mm-hmm. only since the beginning of this year. So we actually took over a vendor-run program, and I think they've been around for at least 
five years, if not longer. Okay. The company that made the software um, is fairly new. So they, I, they still consider themselves a startup. But they've, <laughs> considering how young they are, they've gone pretty far. Right. I, oh, my yeah. gosh. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm shocked for, from all the good that could come from this, you know? Like all of the lives yeah. that can be changed, not just changed, saved. This is, this is, oh my gosh, this is just really, when I say game changing, like this is game changing. Now, let me ask you what, like, when were you like, Hey, I did it now. I want to, <laughs> I want to go into the medical fields. Like what, what was that, that thing? Like, what was the desire to go from like computers to actual people? This is actually a very good story for anyone who feels like they're lost because I, I'll admit, like I went out of high school going into college i did not i didn't know what i wanted to do so my parents being asian wanted me to be doctors so i was like okay yeah why not <laughs> so for three years i was at um uc san diego as a pre-med bioengineering student mm. and at the right in the middle of my third year i was like i don't like i don't like this mm. so i came back home fell back on it because at while I was at UCSD, I uh, I worked for the the ResNet program, which like is the campus IT. I figured I had already I already had uh, experience there, so why not try to find a job in IT? So I worked at like Intel and NASA Ames for a few years. Continued going to community college, trying to find myself, took, mm-hmm. taking some like Cisco networking classes. Still wasn't feeling it, and one of my friends had brought up that he was trying to apply to this radiologic technologist program. Mm. And it sounded like a good marriage of the things that I was good at because I, I got the only things I got good grades in were, well, I guess there were no IT classes that I had to take, <laughs> but all the biology stuff, I was good at biology. So I, it sounded like a good marriage between biology and technology. Right. So I decided to, why not try it out? Like, couldn't hurt, right? Like, right. let's see, let's just see where it goes. Applied, somehow got in. It's the, the program that I applied to was a lottery system. Oh. So got in on my first try, found that I really liked it mm-hmm. and didn't really feel like my calling, but it sound it felt like something I could do. Right. Um, went through the program, it was a two-year program, graduated. Uh, was really sad for a couple months because I couldn't find work. And then Stanford, they posted this position and it was like a desperate application. It was something to do. <laughs> right. And I applied, got the job <laughs> and eventually like found that all the detail oriented work mm-hmm. that the job requires really, really appealed to me because I, kind of low-key have OCD, so like, I'm really good with detail. Hey, look, in what you do, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm one of those people that are like, oh, well, no, it's just a millimeter to the right. No, just move this a little bit. Um, I'm gesturing with my finger in the air. And the rest is history. Like Stanford is a place where people come to learn and innovate. So we Started a 3D printing program, I think five years, no, I think three years after I started here. Right. 
at Stanford. And then that grew over the years. And then at the beginning of this year or late last year, the Department of Neurosurgery reached out to us and said, hey, you're doing all this work with CT and MR studies. Like This is definitely in your wheelhouse. Why don't you help us just because you guys are so good at it? And hopefully that in turn will help improve patient care and patient outcomes. Right. Um, now, so, would yeah. you say that you've fallen in love with this work? Do you feel like it's your calling now? Or is it something that's still kind of like, you know, still, still, still searching, I guess? Yes, definitely. Many, many, many years later, I've, after being wa- involved with everything that I have been involved with, I found that I do really love this work. I do like seeing what I do behind the scenes, especially firsthand, seeing how that directly affects the patient. Right. You're like the, you're like the, 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 the guy in the chair, like you're like, <laughs> you're, the, yeah. you're the guy in the background, but what you do has changed and will change like countless lives. Like I, I, I hope you feel that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hope you feel that there's a lot of people who, you know, that, oh, well, I just do this. It's like, no, you don't. You're a, a very important piece of something that is. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It's not just a couple of people like the amount of lives that you're going to impact and change is like countless. I also talk about reach when I, it's not like, let's say, oh, well, I impacted that one life. You didn't. You change one life, mm. which in turn changed the way that that person interacts with his family and friends and coworkers. And then those people are in better places. And then we have like peace around the world somehow. <laughs> but <laughs> like the, the, the reach of what you do, it just expands like, oh my God, like I'm just, I'm, I'm blown, I'm blown away. Like I really am. I, I can't get out of my head a doctor practicing a very intense, very sensitive surgery on a thing, right? Like virtually yeah. just performing the surgery so when he's actually performing the surgery, there's no shock. You've done it already. It's like visualization, right? I guess before this, what you're doing with, with VR and, and, and AR tech, people, <laughs> doctors would literally, okay, well, I guess I'm going to meditate. And I'm going to visualize what this <laughs> surgery is going to be because you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't have a yeah. window into what the inside of a brain, inside of a skull had you kind of like okay like i'm looking at these still pictures but you're actually seeing it you can move things around you can shift things Mm -hmm. like that's just that blows my mind like the future is like we're we live in the future you know what i mean like is that yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty (laughs) mind-blowing and you said that this company like this has been around just for a few years right from when it first started to where it is now imagine what it's going to be five ten years from now Oh yeah, there's uh, there's already studies and projects going on concurrently. So several different groups in at Stanford and as, as well as outside of Stanford at and independent companies, they are looking into VR. Mm-hmm. No, not VR, AR, like headset mounted AR. Mm-hmm. So there is a system called the Magic Leap. Um, there's also Hololens that's being researched. Yeah. They're not currently to be used inside of the OR intraoperatively, like during the actual surgery. Right. But these companies are working on that. So that's the natural next step. Um, right now, during the surgery, these images are only viewed on a screen. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's like positional information, real time represented on that screen, but there's nothing directly in the patients or in the surgeon's field of view. Mm-hmm. 
there is a way currently for for surgeons to like while using their microscope toggle over to the navigation screen but there is no there's no physical overlap of the images the digital digital images with the the surgical field as they're experiencing it mm. so there's still a slight disconnect right. these companies are currently working to close that gap and make it so that they can really actually see the model right on, on top, top of, of the that is that's yeah. that's fascinating that's my they're looking at the patient. you know I, i'm a gamer like i'm a video game guy like i really am and i really mm-hmm. feel that vr is the future actually i always thought the uh, vr is the future of just like entertainment right when people had like office jobs <laughs> i always had this in my head like for literally since the connect came out i'll age myself this, this is these aren't platinum streaks they're grays <laughs> in my beard <laughs> so I, I always pictured when people have a lunch break right if there was a truck mm-hmm. outside and people go out and then they for their lunch lunch hour they put on their headset and they just have their lunch but in their headset they're in hawaii they're on a beach right yeah. like i always thought yeah. that would be like the, the the coolest thing now you're taking like a, a vr and augmented reality and you're like okay here is this thing that i've practiced over and over and over again now it's actually laid out on top of the patients that like i that's mm-hmm. just like i can't stress that's like life changing this is gonna save and and improve so many lives this is inc- this is incredible this is incredible. Um, how many doctors are actually using this technology now? After brain injury, it's common to feel like life as you knew it is gone forever. You may not be sure how to move forward and regain a sense of control and purpose, but there is hope. You can absolutely start living a meaningful and purpose-driven life after brain injury. It just might look a little different than it did before. That's where Rocky Recovery comes in. It's a step-by-step program designed specifically for brain injury survivors who want to start living their best life again. I'll help you set goals that are meaningful, attainable, and give you purpose post-brain injury so you can focus on recovery and start enjoying life once again. If you're ready to start living your best life after brain injury, enroll in Rocky Recovery today at goals.usorock.coach. Now let's go Rocky Recovery together. Currently, we have two that use it very regularly. And by regularly, I mean... I wouldn't say every single. There are some where there's some surgeries where it's still so straightforward that they don't need it. Right. But there's two that use it every week. Um, wow. The two days that they operate a week, it's we're there. We have two to three others who use us for the more complex cases. Mm-hmm. We one of the surgeons, the, the one that I said that made the news with the 3D print right. and practicing on it, he actually. Every single time he asks for us, he actually will put on the headset before surgery in in the OR. Like I have pictures of him like hunched over in a chair with with a controller in his hand and the, and the headset on. We'll fly through, uh, usually comment about how good the model looks, <laughs> and then he will all the he has a lot of visiting scholars, so he'll have the visiting fellows put the headset on. He'll fly the visiting fellows through the headset as well as any other surgeon that's assisting him so the entire team gets the same treatment they all see the same thing the surgeon can point out areas of interest or areas of concern things to watch out for maybe the tumor is really close to a vessel that you absolutely need to to avoid and then they might like um review the approach like okay we can't go from the back but we have to go from the side and you go in this way 
and like you, you can actually point at those things and everyone can see the same thing. We can also, shared VR is also supported. We don't have multiple headsets in the OR, mm-hmm. but if they choose to review it in our VR studio, it's a shared VR experience. Everyone's in the same metaverse, I guess, as... Uh, that makes me, God, it's me. Wow. Yeah, and, and, Mark Zuckerberg. Everybody's yeah, hanging out Zuck. with, the, with the Zuck. Everybody's hanging out with yeah. Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's fascinating like i i again for the doctor itself performing the surgery i just think that's 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 game changing but also it, the the learn the teaching aspect of this you know you can actually show people the, like vision this is what i'm doing this is how it, like they're seeing through your eyes which is yeah. i think invaluable and oh my gosh this is just this is incredible now do you see this being the future of medicine the future of surgeries like is this just going to be the standard years from now so it, it takes a bit of work mm-hmm. to um, create these models. And I think as AI grows and improves, and it'll help reduce the, the setup time, the, the preparation time. And with that, I think it can be used more widely. Mm-hmm. But right now, just because it's, it, it takes some time, any case that comes to us, um, that's an emergency that needs to be up, operated on like right now or 10 to three, three hours ago. Right. We can't prepare a model in time for any of those. So mm. once the technology matures, then maybe the computer can generate or pre-prepare a model for us to review. Right. We might be able to fix some things. And then, that, and then at that point, I think um, it'll be used more widely now you guys are are you guys the only one that's using this tech right now like are you guys the standard is it like stanford and then everybody else or is this something that's widely available the software is being used at a handful of other sites i think they have a site in socal and i think one surgeon in at ucsf uses it but i forget but we I think are probably the site that uses it the most, if not, or maybe second to the most. I, I think that other site in SoCal uses it quite a bit. Yeah. When you think of Stanford, Stanford, the standard, right? You guys are like on the, the yes. <laughs> like the, the cutting edge. Like you guys aren't just like, Hey, this is what this is. You guys, no, no, no. This is what this is going to be. I, I, I love that. You know, um, mm-hmm. we had an interesting conversation um, when we spoke last, when we for actually yeah. when we first met about patient care <laughs> and doctors, that there's a huge yeah. disconnect between myself and the people that are trying to help me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a question. What do you think I can do or that we can do to make this relationship better? Because it has to be a synergistic relationship. I've been saying this for years. Doctors are yeah. experts at being a doctor. They read books mm-hmm. to know what it's like to have a brain injury us brain injury survivors we're the experts at living with a brain injury you know what i mean so i think we have to be able to work hand in hand but a lot of times it doesn't work that way it's just a doctor telling us what things are and not listening to us saying yeah but this is what we're feeling so do do you have any advice to like i guess my side uh, of the coin like how can i approach a doctor and how can we like help mend this relationship i yeah it it is really unfortunate that there's some providers out there that don't have the best bedside manner, but it's 
but also at the same time understandable because I mean, I, I have friends who are doctors and I know why they're socially inept, <laughs> and that's, that's unfortunately the reality of it. Like right. you're, it's that aspect of them that makes them brilliant. Yeah. But one of the things I would, I would say to the patients is just don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. no, there's no such thing as a silly question. Reach out if the doctor isn't super approachable. There are other providers that um, know quite a bit. Your nurses are invaluable. They sometimes know more than the doctors in some yes. areas. Like when you're on the floor, the nurse runs everything. Like a lot of the times, especially if you're a new doctor, mm-hmm. you look at the nurse and be like, so what would you do in this case? And <laughs> and usually their their answer is the one. For providers, I would say be receptive um, and responsive to your patients. Like I, I understand it's, your life is hard. Your life is busy. And there are times when you can't, it might take a while to get back to that message or to, you know, try to, it might take too much effort to, to try to be proactive because you have all these patients that you have to take care of. But if you can't like try, refer your patient to someone else on your team who mm might be to 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 follow up like try to see if if you're like in the room with the patient well i guess this comes with experience but over time like you you kind of kind of pick up on cues from the patient they might feel uncomfortable or they might look like they're not understanding what you're saying so like try to anticipate that give them any extra guidance or information when it seems like they might they might need it. Um, and again, like if you're not able to follow up, like if you have to head on to your next appointment or if you have to run up to the OR, like have, have the nurse follow up a lot of like, again, not a lot of the times the nurse knows quite a bit. Right. That's, I, I think that's the best advice I've been telling people because a lot of people in my community are saying, you know, I can't talk to my doctor. It's frustrating. It's this, it's that. And I tell them all the time, make friends with the, with a nurse, make friends with the nurse, make mm-hmm. friends with the office manager at your GP's office. I was like, make, yes. make friends with the receptionist. I was like, these people can get things done and they can get you information that your doctor either doesn't have <laughs> the social capability of giving you or the time, yeah. you know, and you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, some doctors that they, they just don't have it. And look, I, one of my friends in, in the, the neuro field explained to me that neurosurgeons, neuro, um, um, uh, oh my gosh, anybody in the neuro field, they have to deal with the most delicate part of your body, which is your brain. Mm-hmm. It does. So they have so much focus and fixation on that one part of your body that they don't have enough room for like social cues and social interactions. Yeah. So when you speak yeah. to your neuro, like your neurosurgeon, my neurosurgeon in particular, that dude is so socially awkward. Like I'm so happy and I'm so thankful for him because I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Do I ever want to talk to him again? No, no, not at all. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't have any desire to speak to him because it, and so here's the thing. They're also so smart. They, they have, they're like on another level that they think yeah. differently so they can almost sound condescending. I don't think that they're going out of their way to make you seem dumb. They just, they don't know how to talk to a quote unquote normal, regular person, you know, because yes. they're not, they just think differently. Yes. Right. And I, I, I'm exactly. sure you've, I'm sure you've experienced this in working with some of these people. Correct. 
Yes, I actually, most of our surgeons are quite personable. One of, one of them, our main surgeon, is actually very direct. And you kind of have to understand that he's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to give the best care, um, but sometimes it comes across as impatience or anger. But the anger is not directed at you. It's directed at the, the situation. Right. So there are examples of that. I think more in radiology, I see it more mm-hmm. because those people are almost always behind a screen. <laughs> and I know a few of them personally. I'm like, you know how you sound when you say that, right? <laughs> like, no, I was trying to be helpful. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> they just don't know like so, they're so you you, you yourself yeah. right you spent more and more time behind a screen i'm assuming correct yeah. do you feel <laughs> now do you feel <laughs> this is like a a, a searching in self <laughs> do you feel from where you were years ago to where you are now <laughs> you've gotten slightly more socially awkward mm, no i was pretty socially awkward <laughs> in my early years i was not expecting that <laughs> i I was like a true introvert. Really? Um, I still get uncomfortable talking to people. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather not. But now I can, I've learned to fake it. <laughs> <laughs> this entire interaction, to, completely fake. <laughs> I, I like you, over time you learn to make it sound like, you know, it's like what they say, you fake it till you make it. Right. You feign the confidence and people will perceive that, perceive it that way. Right. Even though inside you're like wetting yourself and <laughs> crying in a corner. And... Look, as an extroverted introvert or an omnivert, I think that's what I've been called. I get it. I, I do this. This is me all the time. This is me at a party. This is me at a store. Like I am always this. But what would I rather be doing? I'd rather be alone by myself, just maybe hanging out with my dog, playing a video game and staying away from as many people as possible. You know, like I love crowds, but I hate people. It's this really weird thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like some people, you go out and you interact with people and it gives you energy. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to a conference, by the end of the day, I am so drained. <laughs> all those people, all those interactions, like I just want to curl up in bed and watch TV. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get into the thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to learn more. Use special code the neuronerds when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Just visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to get started. Yes, I get that. Hey, you know what's funny? Um, I was like, okay, let, let, we're 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 kind of closing out a little bit, but that reminds me of um, questions that I ask now to people mm-hmm. um, after my brain injury, right? So after my brain injury, yeah. when I interact with people, when I try to get to know somebody or or anything, I kind of stay away from the normal. Hey, what do you do? And where'd you go to school? Because to be honest, not a lot of people have that much school pride. 
And not everybody really mm-hmm. loves what they do. So who really cares? So I yeah. ask, because you said energy. Um, so I ask, uh, what energizes you and what makes you happy? Like I ask that to, to, to everybody because of what you just said. Um, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, one of my, my closest friends, uh, uh, Michael Shutt, he's a playwright, uh, multiple stroke survivor. He had an interaction with another stroke survivor who I don't really love this dude. <laughs> and he oh. was like, he was like, yeah, it was bad. So <laughs> he was like, man, I talked to him for 20 minutes. He said, I went home and I took like a three hour nap. He's like, it was draining. On the flip oh, side, wow. when we met for the first time, we had coffee. We spoke for four straight hours and then we went home and we're, we were just up to like two, three in the morning because we were so amped and energized with that connection, you know? So that that's that's yeah. the, the, the energy. Left. So I'll, I'll ask you, what makes you happy? What energizes you? Hmm, good see. stuff, right? Well, it's good uh, stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek. Right. So I am what they call an AV geek. So AV as in aviation and not um, and not, not audio video. Right. Not, not the guy that pushes that card around. <laughs> Again, I'm dating myself because I'm picturing like a big TV and a VCR, you know, like for, for school. Not that. Uh, airplanes. So like I... Um, my house is like right underneath the flight path for the, the San Jose airport. So like, I find myself watching airplanes a lot. Oh, wow. I, when I was younger, like really young, um, I wanted to be a pilot Mm -hmm. over the years. Like I learned about all the different types of airplanes and how they're different. I can like, if I see one, I'll, I would probably be able to tell like what it is. It's the same with cars. Like I'm a big car guy too. When I am with people who have the same interest, I time flies. Right. Like the about a month ago, I replaced the um, the suspension on my car, and I have like these two friends who are also into cars, and they helped me. And it was like a two weekend process, mm-hmm. but eight hours was like gone, just like <sighs> that. And I was like you said, energized. Yeah. Like I wasn't tiring. I mean, I was physically tired because it's it's a lot of work right but like mentally it was not exhausting at all like it didn't feel like like eight 12 hours of <laughs> that's that's all you know what so i always say like and we're getting you know to the close i always say hey we are the neuro nerd so what's your nerdum we just figured out your nerdum you're you're, yeah. an, you're, an, you're an aviation nerd you're like a car nerd. Uh-huh. That's cool. And it's funny yeah. that you had people there with you that felt the same. So you're kind of like the fast and the furious <laughs> weekend warriors <laughs> rebuilding cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you be more like the Vin Diesel character? Would you be like more like the rock? <laughs> Would you be- uh, no, not so bad. <laughs> I like to think that I'm, I'm still still look as as nerdy as i feel so. no, are you kidding me and look and you keep saying you dated yourself you look like a baby i'm just saying this very, very yeah i don't see a gray in your hair you have all your hair i'm not you know what i mean just saying i got lucky my mom is also she's like late 60s and she's not gray no not a gray hair either so i got lucky with my hair and my skin well, not my skin. My skin is dry AF. But Are you kidding like, me? You look like you're made of porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> look, age, uh, age is a number. Like, it really is. It's like how you feel, right? So 
it, it's yes. it's how you're feeling. If you can wake up and you, well, if you can wake up first off, I think that's a great start. Uh, secondly, if you can just yep. get through your day and and laugh and smile more than you frown, I think we're winning. You know, like I really do. Yep. And look, in what you do, you are bringing so you're giving so many people the opportunity to do those things. You are giving countless people the opportunity to wake up, wake mm-hmm. up on more days yeah. that they didn't think they had any longer. You're giving more people opportunities to smile more than they would frown on days that they didn't think that they were going to be here. And I just think that's phenomenal. I, I, I hope every once in a while, like you take that in and just realize how many lives you're impacting, because I, I see things differently through this this lens of mine after my brain injury, because I know how close I came to not being here. And I know how thankful I am for everybody that helped me get here. You're one of those people. You're one of the, it's like, you know, um, like those, those old fancy watches, like a watchmaker would put all of these pieces in. There's not one piece that's more important than the next. Right. So you're one of Mm -hmm. those pieces of like this beautiful puzzle that is the watch of our lives. That's a really weird way to phrase all that, but I think you you get where I'm going with this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. It, it takes, it really takes a village. The technologists, the surgeons, the surgical techs, the nurses, the administrative staff, like everyone works together to help you to a healthier life, a healthier outcome, a better outcome. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you uh, uh, took the time to come have this chat with me and share all of this information. Also, I'm really happy that you broke out of your comfort zone and you're like, hey, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm an introvert, but I'm going to break out of the shell and do it. This was great. I like to think that I'm pretty easy dude to talk to. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything intimidating about me at all. People always kind of freak out. People are like, Oh, I'm like, what? It's just talking to like my big dumb goon faced idiot self for (laughs) however long. And then we just like, uh, has great conversation. The information that you gave me, like it's just given me a, a, a different view of radiologists and like the importance and the advice of finding a nurse. Cause I tell people that all the time. It's nice to know that somebody who's like deep in the field is like, no, no, no. Nurses are like rock stars because they really are. They, oh, yeah. they oh, go yeah. through so, as much as many surgeries as a doctor can, an individual doctor can go through. A nurse goes through 10 times as many because they're they're there. They're they're not doing the surgeries, yep. but they're there. They're like <laughs> they're they're in the room, you know, they're assisting. So um, they have all of this knowledge and, and all of this uh, uh, information to help you. And you can actually talk to them like a normal ish yes. conversation. It's not like, Oh wow. I'm speaking a completely different language than you. It's the, those minds, the neurosurgeon or I love them so much, but good Lord, I don't think I ever want to talk to another <laughs> one again, <laughs> except maybe the one that you're talking about. You're like, Hey, he's pretty cool. But yeah, he's the one he's the unicorn yeah. of all of the, the, the people in the neuro field out there. Very difficult to talk to. So uh, Chris, yeah. I I'm so thankful that you shared your nerdum of aviation and cars, you know, <laughs> now, okay. As a car guy, do you look down at yeah. hybrids? I do not. Okay. No, because normally a car no. guys are like, it's not like a real car. Is that? No, I love hybrids. They're quiet. <laughs> I no, Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people. I actually own an EV because I'm all about, you know, saving the environment Good. and my hybrid. I mean, it's, it's not a mystery that EVs right now are super expensive, but they're about to get cheaper. They're about to get more affordable. But at least for now, if you can buy uh, a hybrid, that's half of the way there. It's still better than driving around a gas guzzling, not to hate on the 
the trucks. But, Death machine. You know, I, I can appreciate those too. <laughs> also, look, I, I never understood. Oh, no, no. Come off as that. That's fine. I'll be that guy. Like, I, I never understood like truck people. Like I know I, it's, oh, it's big. It's bad. Yeah, that's cool. Why is it so loud? <laughs> why? Why are yeah. your cars so loud? I love the fact I have um, a, uh, a Ford Escape. It's a hybrid. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a hybrid SUV. And I like turning it on and not knowing if the car's on. You know what I mean? And like when I drive, yeah. it's so quiet. I can come home at two, three in the morning and it's like, oh, yeah, it's I'm not bothering the neighbors instead of this big, loud. I don't know. Do I sound like the old guy that's like screaming at kids to get off my no, lawn? No. Okay, good. There's yeah. a lot of people that, that feel that way. And I also feel that way. I never understood. I mean, I can appreciate a good exhaust note, but an mm-hmm. overly loud one yeah. just for the sake of being loud. I, I can't. Yeah, I, when I go down the street, I'm like, you should put some oil on that. You should get that checked because it doesn't seem like mm. it's functioning the right way. <laughs> this, is, mm-hmm. this has been awesome. Chris, you, you're, you're a, a rock star. If um, uh, not a lot of people want people to reach out if they have questions, if uh, are, are you one of those people? You could be like, no, leave me alone. I'm an introvert. I don't want to be bothered. And that's fine. I am happy to support the community. Um, I love helping people. So yeah, I, I'm I'm free for for people to reach out. Um, it, it, how would they go about reaching out to you? So I have found that my contact information is posted on the Stanford Neurosurgery website. You look so thrilled about <laughs> no that. No one told me. No one told me this was happening, and then out of nowhere, like people are emailing me, like asking for my input, and like, dude, I've only been doing this since February, like. I'm not any kind of expert that you're, you're, you're thinking about, but I'm flattered. I will try to share as much knowledge as I can. So um, I, let me try to see if I can bring this up because I don't know, I don't know the website <laughs> off the top of my head, but if you go to Stanford. <laughs> I'll tell you, my, <laughs> my favorite thing in the world is your reaction to, they didn't even tell me. <laughs> it wasn't they brought didn't. to my attention that my information is out there. These random people are hit me up, knowing I'm an introvert. <laughs> you you know how I knew okay. I, I was so, slight, yeah. slightly in, introverted and mostly with. Uh, believe it or not, I have a lot of social anxiety. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I do. Is when I started freaking out when my phone rings. Like when my phone rings, I look at it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like I go into like immediate panic mode. I'm like, why am I doing mm-hmm. that? It's weird. It's weird. So. No, I, I totally feel you. I, I, I do the same. I'm like, oh, crap. Who's that? Do I have to pick up? Oh, good. It's Ben. <laughs> hey, who, who calls people? Like who calls people anymore? Text me. Yes, exactly. Text me. And if it's important and you're calling, leave a message. If you don't leave a message, text me. Anyway. Right. But yeah, I. So my it's. Uh, my my email is my first initial C and then L E C A S T I L L O at stanford.edu. Um, I would imagine my name is going to show up somewhere on this. On oh this yeah, podcast, for sure, so. for sure. So um, uh, uh, that information will be in, in the show notes. Um, you can uh, definitely mm-hmm. reach out to, to to Chris and and 
uh, talk about all of these extroverted things that he's into. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and any any questions you have, you can hear Chris, Chris is an, an amazing dude and and um, you know uh, very kind. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. The that information will be in the show notes. If you want to attempt to reach out to my beautiful tiny ass kicking co-host Lauren, you can at Lauren L Manzano on Instagram. You can reach out to me at Josel Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us at the Neuro Nerds everywhere. Now, Chris, I can't thank you enough for coming on here, breaking out of your comfort zone and sharing this information, because really, I, I'm still a little bit beside myself with like the, the implications for the future. Like, I just think this is you guys are like ahead of the game at Stanford uh, where a lot, you know, every, everybody's when you think Stanford, you think top tier, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, really, I, I'm just excited to see, see where this goes. And uh, at some point, as this keeps on growing, I will be annoying you to break out of your comfort zone even more and come back on the show and share some updates. <laughs> so, and I hope this was a painless experience for you. It was, um, <laughs> you don't see it, but I'm like, I've been wringing my hands the entire time. It's like a, a, a nervous tick that I have, but thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed the experience, even though um, I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> Fortunately, you can't see that either. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions anyone might have to the best of my and, and that, that is, a, I appreciate you so much. You are a rock star. And on that note, this neuro nerd is out. Hey, survivors, caregivers, and nerds of all kinds. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who have taken the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really makes our day. Not only do we read every single one, but we love reading them on our episodes. So if you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us spread the word about the show. And when you do, just let us know by tagging at the NeuroNerds on Twitter. We might even read your review on our next episode. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.